This is Health in the Details podcast. This podcast is for real people, real women, and mothers who want to walk the streets of holistic health and healing. Discovering holistic health details that are doable and maybe hide in the back alleys of the streets, but can uplift, provide insight, and change your life. A place for you to expand and truly understand. This podcast is about upleveling your health so you can live your best self and make an impact how you want in your life and others. I'm your host, Stephanie Spurgeon. On today's episode, we have Dr. Jeanette Carroll, and today she's going to talk about a magnum fillings. You're not going to want to miss it. It's if you have a magnum fillings, how to remove them safely and holistically. Also, moving forward with our children and ourselves when cavities arise, are options out there. Also, some really great tips on actually your children's oral health and how to prevent cavities and or if it occurs. It's a great episode. I hope you enjoy. Dentistry is really probably should be called mouth doctors because what we're doing is we're looking at... uh, Uh, things in the mouth that affect the whole body. For example, we look at uh, bacteria, we look at yeast, uh, we look at genetic factors that would uh, contribute to inflammation in the gums. Uh, And that, of course, is a whole other conversation that we can have. Mm -hmm. Um, But but we we really are looking at what in the mouth is happening to the whole body and how can we offer solutions uh, that are unique to uh, individual uh, patients don't but see there was controversy with those because there are bpa and bisgamma products in them and what that means is that there were some uh, materials in there that were, were offsetting estrogen levels and doing mm. some other things so there were companies uh there are dental material companies that were coming up with bpa and bisgamma free uh, composite materials. And that's what very excited to have you on the show today, Dr. Carol. And this is a real pleasure because um, Dr. Carol is in the holistic dentistry industry. And today we're going to talk about removing amalgam fillings and doing that in a proper way, why we do it. And we're just really going to get into it. So welcome today. So excited to have you. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Yeah. So let's get right into it. And let's talk about holistic dentistry and identify how it's a little bit different, uh, actually a lot different, right? (laughs) Than conventional dentistry. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. it is different. It is different. And I think that um, what really sets holistic dentistry apart is that we are very, very interested in what's happening in the whole body as it relates to what's happening in the mouth. And so traditionally, dentists would look at teeth and gums and they pretty much call it quits. They might look at your TMJ, but they would call it quits after that. And holistic dentistry is really probably should be called mouth doctors because what we're doing is we're looking at uh, uh, things in the mouth that affect the whole body. For example, we look at uh, bacteria, we look at yeast, uh, we look at genetic factors that would uh, contribute to inflammation in the gums. Uh, and that, of course, is a whole d- another conversation that we can have. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we really we really are looking at what in the mouth is happening to the whole body, and how can we offer solutions uh, that are unique to uh, individual. That's it in a nutshell, right? There's so much more to say about that, but that's it in a nutshell. Absolutely, and I think um, it's important 
to mention, did you start in conventional dentistry then, Dr. Carroll, or was there a turning point where you did dive into holistic dentistry? There was a turning point. Um, I've been a general dentist doing general dentistry for a, for a long time. Um, I've been in dentistry over 30 years. I remember when I was in dental school back in 1980s, in the 80s, I graduated in 87. I remember them talking about fluoride supplements for children. And I remember my gut, my gut just felt that that was just not right. There was just something I couldn't identify, but there was just something that told me that that's just not right. It didn't feel right. Uh, I then went on um, to, I do a lot of classes. I started doing bonded restorations very early in my career. Um, and then there's a turning point. My daughter, who also is a dentist in Edmonds at Green City Dental, she uh, started taking holistic courses and uh, really encouraged me to go take those. And so about six years ago, I delved into uh, a deeper uh, holistic dentistry continuum and uh, finished that up, like I said, about six years ago. So this has been a wonderful journey for me. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm, you got to listen, listen to yourself. Right. And it sounds. Yeah. Some of this, some of this stuff makes a lot of sense to me. And I am really surprised that it's not been adopted by mainstream dentistry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about, cause I know that is one of your specialties definitely. And I know that a lot of people walk into your office with the Magnum fillings and so we're going to really talk about that and for everybody out there that has them or especially if a dentist recommends them, right? Um, so we're going to talk about options and things yeah. like that. So let's definitely talk about just the beginning, like what happens when someone walks in your office and sure. where does it begin? Sure. I'd like to think that there's no dentist here. Uh, that are still doing uh, silver fillings. Uh, I'd like to think that we've all moved on, um, but at, but every so often I'll see a, a young someone in their 30s that had uh, a, a free dentistry done, and they ha- they have a mouthful of amalgam. So I just I just find that shocking, actually. But in any case, uh, what happens is. A silver fillings, which are actually uh, composed of when we make a an amalgam, amalgam is a collection of different metals. We make this amalgam, 50% of that is mercury and the mm-hmm. other materials are silver, tin, copper, and zinc, and they mix them up. And when they mix them up, it, the material gets very doughy and uh, dentists have loved that, the doughiness of it because it can form, they can pack it into a hole that they've created once they've removed the decay and they can pack it into this hole. And I don't know if those of you who are listening that have had silver fillings done, um, it, it, the dentist packs them in, you hear the squeak, 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 squeak. And what happens is that excess mercury rises to the top. It's very, very soft. And they scrape that away and they tell you to don't eat, don't, don't eat on these uh, uh, new fillings for about 24 hours. Mm. And during that time the material sets up and that setting up makes them uh, hard so that you can chew but what we recognized was that setting up setting up also they expanded and the dentists have traditionally liked that expansion because what it did is it prevented bacteria from getting underneath these fillings and it also prevented you from eating something sticky 
like a sourdough bread or what have you, uh, stickiness that would pull them out. And so the expansion really fit very, very tight. But what we didn't realize, this is years ago, we didn't really understand years ago, was that expansion started creating micro fractures within the tooth. And you take these micro fractures, they're asymptomatic, they don't bother you. And then you start chewing on these teeth, these micro fractures can get a little larger, uh, grinding, clenching, thermocycling, going from hot to cold, cold to hot liquids, things like that. These micro fractures can start running and they start getting bigger. And then all of a sudden one day, uh, the tooth becomes painful. There's something that bothers it when you're chewing or the, or the tooth breaks, needs treatment. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to create a material that didn't expand, that doesn't create more damage to the tooth. And that's where the new bonded composite restorations uh, came in. But let's go back. I want to go back to uh, silver fillings. We call them silver fillings. And I think the reason why they call them silver was because of the color of them. But the name silver is also a metal. And technically, because the number one metal in these fillings was mercury, technically, they should be called mercury fillings. Yeah. So that's just a little side note there. Yeah, um, I think that's a great, I mean, you really touched on that. I mean, it's amazing. 50%. So when you're scraping that off as well, if you get a filling, you're probably already getting some exposure yeah, I, to mercury. It yeah. doesn't, uh, I don't think it remains 50% in the filling itself. Like I said, the excess stuff is scraped off, but they did studies back in the, in the nine, in, in 1990s. It was actually a Canadian study where they took a, a pregnant you, you know, sheep, pregnant you, yeah. and they put fillings in her teeth. And then they, sorry, PETA, but they sacrificed the, uh, the babies and they found that there was mercury uh, in the fetuses, wow. actually in the fetuses. And it resided, I think, in the liver. And then what they did mm -hmm. is they took, um, they took, um, uh, some sheep and they actually uh, had them nursing uh, babies that didn't belong to them. So they had silver fillings in their mouth. The, the, the mamas had silver fillings in their mouth and they were nursing other babies. And they found that those babies ended up getting mercury in their kidneys. So that wow. sparked a whole uh, controversy in the dental field regarding the safety of these fillings. And as a result of that, and it, we highly recommend that you don't have these things removed while you're pregnant or while you're nursing. Wow. And, and of course, the studies went on to show that the, uh, the mercury in your silver fillings in your head will degas over time. You put, you put mercury, a bead of mercury on a tabletop and, and let it sit there uh, and a month later come back, it's gone, it's all evaporated. Wow. So we know that mercury, um, we know that mercury can degas. So anyways, that's what that's kind of about. And it's interesting too, because in dentistry, if I chose to do a silver filling, a mercury filling, there's certain protocols that the uh, dental profession requires of me. Um, they, they, uh, they require that I dispose of any excess stuff very carefully. Wow. Uh, I've got to put it under water. I've got to put it in a sealed container. It's got to have you know, basically crossbones on it saying it's a, a, a bad material. I have to hire a company to come dispose of this properly for the environment. Mm. Uh, or, or 
I can just put it in your mouth with absolutely no, no, no um, regulations. I just find it crazy. Wow. Yeah, that is. That's mind blowing. Yeah. That it's considered contained in a tooth, I guess. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I just find that mind blowing that I have to do all these steps to dispose of it, or I can just simply put it in your mouth. There's something wrong with that picture, isn't there? Yeah. What's interesting is American Dental Association just recently um, stated that they're really wanting to get rid of mercury fillings, not because of the of the toxic nature of them, but because of mercury in the environment. And so that's very interesting. The American Dental Association, in my opinion, would never come out and tell you that mercury is bad for your mercury and solar fillings are bad for your health, because the way I understand it, the American Dental Association formed uh, years ago as a result of dentists wanting to use these mercury fillings. And yeah. so you had a group of uh, dentists who thought that they were toxic. Uh, and you had another group that said they really liked them. And the reason why they liked them is because they could put them in the mouth and not have to worry about moisture, saliva, or blood affecting the outcome of these. Uh, so anyways, you had the American Dental Association form really supporting uh, the use of, uh, of these amalgams. And yeah. so I don't, I don't think you would ever hear the American Dental Association come out and tell you that these uh, fillings are bad for your health. I think that there would be a tremendous amount of lawsuits that came trickling down as a result of that. Wow. I mean, that just goes to show you that's a good, great point to bring up is that basically, I mean, a conventional dentist is not looking at the whole person, is not looking at the whole body, is not looking at the aftermath of the filling, right? It's done. Your filling is done. And that's it. They liked the material moving on, right? And so now we're looking at holistic dentistry, and you're looking at the effects of these fillings. It's interesting, Stephanie, because they did, uh, you know, the ABA, of course, has done numerous studies, and all their numerous studies show that these fillings are safe. But when you take a look at mercury and you put a, a drop of mercury on a, a Petri dish and on the Petri dish is a, a nerve, like say a frog nerve, you know, they do science studies like this, research studies. You put a drop of mercury on one end of a Petri dish and there's an, a nerve on the other end. As that mercury creeps across the Petri dish, you'll start seeing the nerve sheath completely delaminate, completely separate. So I don't, you know, when you think about mercury going in your head and how close it is to your brain, it really is surprising that, that we're, we, as a, as an, as a, uh, as a a collective group of dentists have thought that this is okay. I I just find it fascinating. So anyway, so let's, let's, let's actually go into that because it's delaminating the nerves. So like what kind of symptoms when someone comes in and they come to you as a holistic dentist and they found you and they are starting to realize that their fillings are maybe causing some health issues? What are some symptoms that kind of arise from that? Well, I got to tell you, it's tough. It's tough for me to, um, say anything specific, Stephanie, because I am not licensed to diagnose other health issues. Mm -hmm. I am licensed to diagnose what's in the mouth and make recommendations for treatment. Mm -hmm. But if I ever said to somebody, listen, let's get your silver fillings out of here because it is affecting your whatever it is. 
um, I, I'm, I'm operating outside the scope of my practice. And I know that there's probably some holistic dentists that go ahead and, and, and cross that uh, threshold. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to, you got to remember that the, the question that becomes is what, what is it affecting in terms of any neurological stuff? Like, you know, it's been, you know, they've suggested that perhaps it might affect uh, MS, mm-hmm. Parkinson's disease, a dizziness, a fatigue, yeah. fibromyalgia. Um, you know, there are some suggestions that this stuff uh, affects some of those conditions. You yeah. know, there's a lot of people that have had their fillings removed and they feel great. And there are a lot of people that have had their fillings removed and not noticed a difference. And so I think based on that, it's really hard as a dentist to say to the patient, yeah, let's get these things out because it's going to make you feel better. I, I, I can't yeah. make promise, right? Well, that's, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, yeah. that everybody's bio individual. And if you did have off gassing in your fillings, you know, your liver might be a little more functional or yeah. your detox organs might be a little more functional than the person that comes in later. So I think that's an important note to make. You're right on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but let's talk about, I mean, let's really talk about the importance of removing them correctly and how it's different. Yeah. This is the part that when I took my holistic training, it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. So basically what we're doing, we know they degas. And so what happens is that on the day that we remove them, we really want to set up parameters in the operating room, the the, uh, operatory, they really help keep everybody safe. That means the patient is kept safe, I'm kept safe, and my dental assistant's kept safe. And so we start by um, having the patient swallow two capsules of activated charcoal. Mm -hmm. Uh, That that whole idea is that if for some reason any crumbs of these filling materials get past the, the mouth, get into the throat, and of course, those particles can be so small that they can almost be undetectable. Uh, the, the charcoal in the stomach is going to help bind that and pass it through. So we do that. Uh, we also uh, put someone on an oxygen um, nasal um, mask. You know, we want them breathing. Uh, in my office, they breathe medical grade oxygen. Um, and we have that cinched down pretty tight so that they're not breathing any of the air around their mouths. Uh, and that's to help prevent the, the, as, as they degas, as I'm taking them out, as, the, as this degasses, they're at least not breathing uh, much of that. And then, of course, we cover their body. We cover their body with a drape. We cover their hair with a hairnet. Um, I use a nitrile dam that, uh, for the most part, covers their face. And I do everything I can wow. to really cover their face. I, I, I got some people that are claustrophobic and they can't let me do that. But I do everything I can to try to cover them up. And then we have a high vacuum, uh, I call it a, a snuffy. It looks like an elephant trunk, but it's a high vac. It's called a dent air vac, the technical term. And we bring that right really close to the mouth so that as we're drilling, you're getting this draw of um, suction so that this degassing is going into uh, a system that has a filter in it as well. So. We do all kinds of things. Uh, we also spray the mouth with a, a product called NDF. That is a mercury binding um, product so that if there's any mercury that's getting on the mucosa, uh, it's, it's being, uh, we're binding. 
So that's basically it. I want my dental assistants to stay really safe. I actually ask them to leave the room um, because most of the dental assistants are young in their childbearing years. And I just don't want them to be, I don't want them in there. I, I just, I don't want them in there to, to, to run the risk of being exposed. Wow. So, I mean, I'm I, guessing these precautions are not taken when they're putting in, but wow. That's right. <laughs> But anyways, that's the, that's what they call the SMART, S-M-A-R-T protocols, which were established by the I-A-O-M-T, which is a kind of a collection of holistic dentists and um, stands for International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. Mm -hmm. And so those are the, those are the procedures that we follow. And then you find that, I mean, that people are usually pretty good at not having any issues after removal then that's with, that's correct yeah. but okay. I, you got to remember too you know if, if i'm removing uh, a filling or two on somebody and they're reasonably healthy that's one thing but you get people that have just a ton mm -hmm. a mouthful of old failing corroding degassing amalgams you know people that are say you know, the older generation, I say in their 60s or 70s or even 80s, it's just a mouthful of this nastiness. You know, those people really ought to be under the hands of a naturopath or someone that can help them, so, someone that can help them detox uh, this, this metal um, that's gotten into their system. Yeah. So, you know, I highly recommend that for uh, patients is to go through a detox program. So that's a, that's a question for you um, is when someone comes in and they've got crumbling teeth and all these cracks and they've got these fillings, do you try to save the tooth or do you just immediately say, wow, this tooth is too far gone. It's got way too much mercury in it. It's crumbling away. Um, oh my gosh. That's for another conversation, but another okay. podcast, but in any case, you know, I'm in the business for helping people save their teeth. I, I, that's just what I, I'm in the business for that. And so uh, under a lot of circumstances, um, you know, for the most part, teeth can be saved, you know, but uh, yeah, you're right. Every so often these cracks are so significant, the cracks go down into the nerve chamber mm. and then the patient has to make a decision whether or not they want to keep that tooth or have the tooth extracted. Mm. Uh, and they would keep that tooth by doing a root canal, which again is another conversation we can have later yeah um but anyways yeah so uh, the cracks the cracks uh, a lot of cracks can be saved we we would probably have to do what we call a porcelain or zirconia onlay or a crown on those things but yeah they can be saved so how many teeth do you remove at a time so say someone does come in with a whole mouthful can you remove all of them at the same That's time great yeah, Stephanie, that's a great question. We know that removing uh, this metal, um, we really want to support the lymphatic drainage on the on the area that we're removing these these uh, fillings. So generally, like I said, it just depends on how massive and how much stuff we're removing. But generally, if someone's unhealthy and they've got a lot of big old mercury fillings in their mouth, you know, we won't. We'll, we'll divide the mouth in half. We'll do right side or we'll do left side, but we won't do both sides. We really yeah. want a good, healthy lymphatic drainage on one side. Someone's got just tiny little silver fillings and they're healthy and whatever. I, I personally don't have a problem just doing them all in one visit, but it really is depends on how sick or, you know, how sick does someone 
uh, look to me. And um, so, and also another thing is, is how long does someone want to stay in a dental chair? I mean, I know personally that most people are really done after two hours. Yeah. No matter what I'm doing, it's like, okay, I've done time to go home. So that depends, that plays a factor in it as well. Yeah. So you're immediately replacing the filling, correct? Yeah. You're going, okay. So what are we, I mean, like, what do you replace it with? Because you you talked a little bit about that, the bonding or the agent that you replace it with, and you're making sure all the mercury is gone, correct? And then you're replacing it. And let's talk a little bit about that material and. Okay. Yeah. So, so the bonded, so we want to create, we want a material that helps hold the tooth together. So, so NASA, we, we're writing on the coattails of NASA science. NASA developed resins and they're making resin airplanes now. They're making resin bicycles. Resin's just such a big deal. And, and, uh, and we are riding on the coattails of that science. So we are bonding resins. And of course we call that composites. We are bonding composites to a tooth. And what the bonding does, it helps hold the tooth together. You know, you remember your amalgams are pushing teeth apart because they expand. That expansion is mm-hmm. really pushing on these teeth. They're pushing on these teeth outwardly. And that's what creates those microfractures to run. Composite is a complete opposite. It's bonded to the tooth. And they did studies and they found out that, you know, they load a force on a tooth with nothing on it, no fillings. They put a loading force on it. They put a loading force on a tooth that's got a silver filling in it. And they put a loading force on a tooth that's got a composite filling in it. The one that breaks first every single time first is the is the one with the amalgam silver mercury filling in it. So we know that it's the worst material we could use. So the, the composite bonded will break next, but it breaks right before the natural tooth breaks as well. So we love the strength of bonded restorations. So that's what we're using. We're, we're using a lot of uh, uh, composite materials now. And, and you guys, the people that are getting fillings, uh, like this stuff because it's white. It's the same color as, oh. it's the same color as your tooth. So you know, it's a mental thing. You look in the mirror and you open up and you see this white stuff. That just feels good, right? Versus, yeah, yeah. And people that take these old amalgams, these black, gray, crusty, nasty looking stuff, you change them out to something white. I mean, not only do they feel better, I think they feel better because the metal's out, but not only do they feel better, but but when they look at themselves, it just gives them, it just feels better emotionally, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, your mouth, your face the window. Yeah. yeah. It's where you talk to everybody every day. Yeah. So, um, so going back on that, I mean, these new composite materials, they don't off gas. Is that correct? Or are they, they don't, but see, there was controversy with those because there are BPA and bisgamma products in them. And what that means is that there were some uh, materials in there that were, were offsetting estrogen levels and doing mm. some other things. So there were companies, uh, there are dental material companies that were coming up with BPA and bisgamma-free uh, composite materials. And that's what a holistic dentist would use those, right? The downside of using those is they don't have the stability and the longevity of the composites that have the BPA and the bisgamma uh, products wow. in them. But at the same time, you know, it's a trade-off, you know, do you go for longevity or do you go for what's better for your health? 
right? Huh, yeah. So, so that's so that's another that's uh, yeah. So when so when we say longevity, I mean if you're going to choose the BPA free option, especially if you're a woman of childbearing years, mm -hmm. um, what is the lifespan then? It's possible that you will have to have that replaced. You know, Stephanie, everybody asks that question, such a hard question. And I'll tell you, and this, of course, a conversation in their podcast as well, but the pH of your saliva, the pH mm -hmm. of your body, the pH of your saliva will dictate the wear that you'll get on anything we put in your mouth, whether it be uh, an amalgam filling, whether it be a composite, uh, it, it, the pH of the saliva, the, the more acidic it is, the, the, the more breakdown you'll see. So that's where, mm. if you're acidic, um, that's where, you know, making sure, you know, going off and taking a look at the things that you're eating yeah. uh, or, or brushing and flossing, you know, brushing and flossing, of course, mm -hmm. changes the pH of the saliva in that moment. So we know that brushing and flossing can increase the longevity of a, of a, uh, a material. So if, if, if a material is in an area that does, is, is not by the gums, you know, it's on the biting surface of the tooth and we're assuming you're not grinding your teeth. That is another thing that'll wear them down. Um, I, gosh, I, I done, I did a bonded restoration on a, an office manager here, what, 30 years ago, she still has it and looks great. Yeah. I think that's a great, I mean, that's a beautiful point because it is holistic dentistry, right? So you're yeah. looking at everything in the mouth and that is going to include the longevity, the saliva, the bacteria, the, you know, yeah. I mean, the airway, the jaw. So yeah. I think that was great. Yeah. Great yeah. We, uh, we look at gum, yeah, gum disease and what's causing that. And we look at uh, airway and how airway affects yeah you well know. and yeah and you I mean I still have mine I got mine when I was eight and um they're still going you know yeah. they're, they're fine so yeah. I guess it really depends on your disposition your, yeah. yeah yeah it really does yeah how well you take care of yourself so um and then before I really want to touch on um so we in the beginning, we kind of circled into that dentists are still using, you know, silver and tin and zinc and mercury. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the other metals as well, because I know I actually already mentioned to you, because in some children, especially with, you know, these free uh, dentist, portable dentist booths, I know that some children are still getting, you know, these kind of fillings and they are still getting um I don't know what they're called caps or yeah I know exactly what you're leading to mm -hmm. Stephanie let me let me go ahead and explain that um what happens is as an enamel in children the enamel is not very thick mm -hmm. and so a kid a child can get a cavity on a baby tooth really fast not like adults adults have thicker enamel it takes a longer time for that acid that is a byproduct of uh, of the bacteria uh, the acid um, will eventually eat up the enamel on children it doesn't have to go very far and so what happens is these pediatric dentists uh, who see a lot of young kids they know that they they don't 
they know that they can't have failure rates with children. It's not like doing dentistry on an adult and then you do a crown in porcelain and the crown breaks and you get the patient back in and they're willing to sit and have another one done. With kids, especially young kids, the stakes are much higher than that. And so what happens is these pediatric dentists and of course dentists that treat young kids um, will use what they call a stainless steel crown and these are mm. uh these are crowned the decay gets to a certain size and they and they're and they don't think the bonding strength is large enough or strong enough to hold everything then they'll do a stainless steel crown and i i'm not i'm not crazy about stainless steel crowns i'm kind of like you I, I they're they're um you know they're not custom made not like crowns are in adult teeth mm. um you know and they can kind of impinge on the gums and what have you yeah um and I guess I'm sure I like to assume and I haven't done my research on study, to be honest with you, I just, I haven't done a stainless steel crown, I don't think since dental school. Yeah. I'd like to think that there's no nickel in them, um, mm -hmm. but there used to be nickel in a lot of stuff. And of mm -hmm. course, what they say, 14% of women, uh, they actually, now I think that they think that number's higher, 14% of women are allergic to nickel. So we really yeah. do want to stay away from nickel in the mouth. Mm -hmm. So that's what those stainless steel crowns are about. That's the metal in the stainless steel crowns on those. Yeah. So really, you want to stay away of, I mean, all of that kind of metal. They tin yeah. all have different. Yeah, you know. in the holistic in the holistic world, we respect meridians. We respect Chinese medicine in the sense that meridians are electrical pathways mm -hmm. that go through the body. And like I said, that can be another conversation for a podcast. But yeah. the electrical meridians um, get messed up or get inter get uh, interfered with anytime you put a metal in the mouth. And so in the holistic circle, we really want to be as much metal free as we possibly can. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That was actually really yeah. wonderful. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, and I think that's important to advocate, right, for children. So even in that case, you're looking at possibly suggesting what uh, a composite sort of bond instead of um, that, that's the tough that's the damned if you do damned if you don't mm -hmm. Stephanie you get a kid that has a large cavity on a tooth and you know the chances are high that the bonding on a composite's not going to hold what do right. you yeah what do you do so in dentistry, there's not, you know, sometimes they're not, they're not great solutions. They're just not, you know, it's kind of like you yeah. end up kind of having to compromise because you don't know what else to do. And so that's yeah. the, that's the tough one with something like that is, do you just go ahead and do a bonded restoration and, and, and hope that it holds up and then, you know, or, or yeah. do you do those nasty, messy stainless steel crowns? So, right. And that's when it comes down to the choice of the parents and empowering your choice, right? Yeah. As, I mean, it, it's it's hard because kids grow, right? Yeah. And things yeah. change and shift. Yeah. And um, I mean, I also just want to say, and I want to mention, you know, there is no shame that if your child does have a cavity or I know in the holistic field, we talk a lot about, you know, I mean, obviously cavities are not great, and we don't right. want them, but if you do have them, there are options. And I think well, I want your listeners to know, you know, I'm a dentist and I had two daughters and I will tell you that uh, my second daughter had a mouthful of cavities. I, I just, mm -hmm. you know, I got to tell you, it's very hard as a parent to come home after working a full day and come home and tie your kids down and floss their teeth. I, I get it. You know, it's hard. 
trying to juggle everything. And one of the things I don't want parents to feel bad about is I don't want them, like you said, I want them to feel guilty about this because we know, we know it's bigger than just brushing and flossing. We know it's bigger than that. We know that it's, it has a lot to do with the pH uh, of your saliva. It has a lot to do with streptococcus mutans, which is a particular bacteria found in uh, mouths that have uh, lots of decay. We also know it's a flow of energy uh, uh, fluid that comes from inside the tooth and it flows outwards. So there's just a lot of stuff that can ultimately cause um, those cavities. And I'm in agreement with you. I, I just think that mothers have got so much more to do on their plate these days than just raise their kids. And yeah. uh, we need to give ourselves some slack on some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I recently was in that position and I think it's, uh, it's funny because it happened exactly the same to me. I don't know why. I just didn't think I needed to brush my back teeth as much as my front teeth. And you give the child the independence to brush their teeth, probably just like your daughter. And mm -hmm. things don't get done quite as well. And my son had to get minor fillings in the back. Yeah. So, you know, it, it happens. And I think it's really yeah. important that we're here talking about it, that there's options. Yeah, and I think that's great. That the, the the key to it is to really watch plaque. Fresh plaque is clear; it doesn't mm -hmm. have color to it. And the fresh plaque, the chances of that forming a cavity are pretty low. But when plaque starts turning creamy white, starts turning white, and then starts turning yellow, you know it's been sitting there for a long time. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that you really want to watch out as a parent is is can I see plaque on someone's teeth and can I scrape it off with my fingernail, mm -hmm. right? So I, 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 in an ideal world, I think you'd let the kid brush their teeth and then you'd have them come sit down and you'd let mom or dad brush their teeth as well just to make sure that everything's gotten. I, I've seen kids that are just incredible. They're, they're, their home care is just fabulous. The parents have set up amazing routines, amazing routines. Mm -hmm. and uh and and anyways and i my me personally i never set up amazing routines yeah yeah i mean you know what it's one of the hardest skills to brush someone else's <laughs> teeth actually it is i i actually advocate sitting like in the hallway just sitting on the floor the parent with their legs straddled and the child lays their head right between you know, not on their lap, but on the, on the ground, right between your straddled legs. And so you're in what we call a 12 o'clock position, which is you're leaning over, you know, you got the, your, their head cradled uh, and you're leaning over and you're brushing. And I allow my kids to get up every so often, go spit in the sink and then come back down and lay down and keep brushing. And, and for me, that's the best way to clean teeth because they're on the ground, their head's not going to be moving backwards against you. And you've got them cradled between your legs so that they're really not going anywhere. And in, but the key to that is you have to let them get up and spit when they need to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I think that was, I mean, this has been a great conversation and I really appreciate you being here today. Cause even that is just wonderful. And I think that for everybody out there, we just talked a lot about options. And if you do have fillings um, and you want those removed, you know, do it safely. Yeah. And I really appreciate your insight today. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Thanks for having me. Today's episode with Dr. Jeanette Carroll was really fun and really eye-opening. And 
also really empowering because it's a lot of small details, actually huge details, when it comes to the dentist industry that we often don't think about. It was great to understand the different composite materials and making choices with cavities moving forward or fillings with your children and yourself. Also very important talking about the checklist and looking for things and asking your dentist if they are going to remove your magnum fillings, what you need to look for to safely do that. And also importantly, understanding that kids get cavities and also working on techniques that Dr. Carol laid out for great oral hygiene and understanding options moving forward of kids and cavities. It really was a great episode today and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you feel like it's something that somebody really needed to hear, please share it with your friends and click those three dots on the Apple podcast, share it, and share it on Spotify And I have a special announcement for this episode. Dr. Jeanette Carroll is a very close dentist acquaintance of mine, and also she is my dentist. She has offered to answer any questions that people have about biological and holistic dentistry and or any questions about amygdala fillings, airway, anything you can really think of regarding dentistry. This is a great opportunity, and so I have turned on the Q&A for this episode. So if you do have a question, post it, and we will compile them for Dr. Carol, and she will answer them in an episode. I really appreciate you listening today, and I hope you got as much out of this episode as I did. Remember, small details and big changes. Have a good one.